Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joy Christopoulos. Today's Believe in Bears episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NBA and college basketball, it is back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. And with all these sports going on, there's plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're looking to maybe, I don't know, pick the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs in the playoffs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Speaking of, Bears are seven and a half point favorites in Jacksonville this week in week 16. What are you going to do about it, Bears fans? And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there was always that online casino as well. It never closes. Happy holidays. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, it's week 16. The Bears back at 500 at 7-7 seven and seven, take on a hapless Jacksonville Jaguars team they win they stay alive in the playoffs there's tons of playoff scenarios going on it's the holiday season Cameron this is why this is why you watch the games right let's get it on yeah let's get it on this is a big one here we got the opportunity to stay playoff viable we're playing a a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's like in complete limbo with it who knows really what we're gonna see from them have they checked out for the season are they playing for pride it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting matchup because we just don't know what we're going to see. Hopefully uh, we get a, a some iteration, some version of, of the same Bears team that we've seen these last couple weeks, and they come out and put this Jaguars team in their place. But either way, it is the Bears, so we are stay tuned in. We are ready for a bumpy ride. Yeah, I think we should walk into this game very cautiously, right? The Bears have scored 30-plus points on offense for the first time in almost a decade. They're coming in there with tons of momentum. If you think this is going to be easy, Bears fans, and you just want to move forward in the schedule of the Packers, we are right here to caution you to just slow down and take it one game at a time. Ask no further than the Raiders, the Steelers, the Rams this weekend that lost to, you know, the winless Jets, the three-win Chargers, and the two-win Bengals. You know, this is still the NFL. Any, any team can come out and win on what they call it, the Any Given Sunday, the first time we've said that all, all this year on the pod, Cameron. So we have to really look at this game, and I think it's really just more important for the Bears to continue to play well. This isn't just about getting out of here with a victory. I mean, of course you want to get to 8-7, and seven, but this team needs to continue to move in the right direction, and it starts this Sunday against Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, we talk about how good teams take care of the bad teams. And this would be a good opportunity for the Bears to show that they're a legitimate team. You know, when you come out and you win a couple games in a row and people start to buy into to what it is that you've got going, you got to start to sustain that juice and that swagger. When you come across a team that's not on your level, such as maybe a 1-13 in team in the Jacksonville Jaguars, you come out and you beat them. You put them in their place and you show that, hey, we're better than you. We're on a different level than you. And you take care of business. And that's what I hope to see from this team on Sunday. Just moving forward, let's go through the playoff scenarios real quick. There's basically three different iterations of the way that the Bears can get in at this point. All of them involve basically the Bears got to win some football games. The first version is the Arizona Cardinals. We hold a tiebreaker over them. So in an 8-8 eight and eight scenario or a 9-7 and seven scenario, if we tie with the Arizona Cardinals, we get into the playoffs. So if Arizona loses one or two of their next following games against the 49ers or the Rams – and the Bears win out, or if they get to 8-8, eight and eight, they can get in. Another scenario is also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing the rest of their games and the Bears winning their final two games. We actually hold a tiebreaker over them. I find it to be a little bit unlikely, but it's all out there for you. I mean, 49ers and the Rams for the Cardinals, that is not going to be an easy matchup. 
I think it's safe to say that the Bears, if they take care of business in Week 16, put themselves in a pretty decent spot to get into this playoffs. And, and who would have thunk it three weeks ago, Cameron? Not me. Yeah, no, not, not me either. Not me either. We were ready to throw the talent, and we're one. I think we're probably on the more optimistic side of. I think a lot of Bears fans and analysts months ago probably bailed on this team, fire everybody, burn down Hallis Hall, start the team over, move them to Rosemont, and and let's just talk about the Chicago Bulls. We were still trying to figure out ways where this team can get better and win some games. They actually are still in that position right now, thanks to that seventh playoff seed. But I mean, this is reality. The Bears can actually play a playoff game. If they take care of business this week, a couple things bounce their way, and maybe they can beat the Packers in Week 17. Well, it's, it's definitely possible. The funny thing about it is that, you know, we may have held on to our optimism too long and then been ready to, uh, to write them off the moment that they decided to snap back to reality. And so this team uh, – did you see what I did there? there was like Oop, somewhere. there goes gravity. Yeah, I got you. I'm right with you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we need lives. But anyway, no, but this team, we've seen so many different versions of the Chicago Bears this season. We don't really know ever what we're going to get on a week-to-week basis. But I do think that that kind of plays into the, this idea that could they beat the Packers? It's possible. You know, if, if they come out and they, they continue to run the ball effectively and the defense plays at their uh, tip-top level, then yes, I don't think that anything is out of the realm of possibility. And if they end up winning out these last few games, I think that they do have a chance to, to give the Packers a run for their money. And who knows? I wouldn't be shocked to see them, you know, in the playoff picture um, a few weeks ago maybe. But, but right now, you know, they, they look good. They look good again. And keep in mind, too, the Packers are in the best shape right now in the NFC to lock up that one seed. You got the Saints losing last week. You got the Rams you know, losing as well. You've got Seattle not look playing its best football right now. So all those teams still have something to play for. The Packers might be resting their starters in Week 17. Of course, that will depend on whether they're interested in letting one of their NFC North rivals into the playoffs. But I digress. Cameron, no more messing around with the narratives. We've got it all out. The cards are on the table. Let's get to our keys to a Bears victory in Week 17 against the Jaguars. You're going to go first, my friend. So what's Cam's key number one to a Bears victory in Week 17 to get to 8-7 and on the season? I'm certain you can guess this, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Man, they found, they found something that works from running the ball. They're playing just a terrible, terrible defense uh, ranking-wise, and, and they should have no problem coming out and running the ball. And I think that if, uh, if David Montgomery's not getting at least 25 carries, then they're doing something wrong. That's, that's the key to this whole thing working is, is finding this version of, of this offense where they put a great emphasis on their ability to run the ball. That's what I want to see them continue to do. There's no reason not to do it. Come out. Put the ball in the hands of your best players in the best situations. Let's see that man get going. And I'm, I had a very similar key myself. I, I just said ride the wave. But I'm also going to say, you know, ride the wave and don't stop. You know, I, I think this is a type of football game, too, where the Jaguars, excuse me, are one of the worst defenses in the first half. They allow 16.8 points to opponents in the first half of games this season. You know, they got a lot of problems on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of favorable matchups for the Bears to exploit. And I'm with you, you know, let's just run the ball down our throats, down their throats. Let's take advantage of a team that perhaps might be, you know, up the river for the rest of the season. And once you do have that lead, don't stop. Don't just run those, you know, vanilla run plays. I mean, keep pushing it, keep pounding the rock, keep trying to take some shots. I'm not saying big shots down the field, but keep trying to just keep running your offense. And I don't care what the score is. If it's 30 to six, keep trying to score a touchdown. We need to continue to do things a certain way on the offensive side of the football we can't let up at any moment that's going to be one of my big keys too as well is just don't stop keep it rolling in terms of the running back situation the last five games 
You know, they have a, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've allowed six touchdowns to the running back position, three 100-yard games, and we've got one of the hottest running backs in the NFL coming up in David Montgomery. I mean, this is still a very favorable matchup for not just this Bears offensive line to dominate, but David Montgomery to put up another huge performance. He's at 906 yards on the season. He could break 1,000 yards in this game, Cameron. I'm looking forward to that for sure. The way that they've been running, the confidence, the swagger that they should have, that, that's, that's no-brainer that they got to go out there and get that done. I want to see them, and I guess this would be my second key, is I want to see them continue to be creative uh, with their run game. You know, uh, I, I think that this is, this is the time to see what they can do uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't want them to, to start to try to, to do too much and start throwing the ball down the field too much and trying to be anything that they're not. You know, I'm just going to hammer it home, and maybe I'm doubling down on this point almost, almost to an extent. But even if that's getting Cordero Patterson more carries, if that's running the ball with the, from the quarterback spot more, I don't see any reason for them to come out and, and try to do too much and get too weird with this. I, I want to see them just put a great emphasis on, on just coming out and running the ball with all of their weapons. I like even when they get creative and they get the ball in the hands of Darnell Mooney or they get the, hands of the, and the, ball, uh, the ball in the hands of Anthony Miller, whoever that may be, coming out of – you know, from wherever on the field, I don't want them to to put the game in on Mitch's arm. You know, like just don't do that. Like it doesn't need to be so much. This team's at their best when they when they recognize what it is that they do best, which is at the line of scrimmage within five to ten yards, and just make it easy. Like just make it easy. Beat this team. Do the same things that you do well, and do them over and over and over and over and over again. And I think that that's. I mean, that's it. I'm basically doubling down. Keep the ball near the line of scrimmage and move forward, and, and I think that they will have no problem whatsoever being successful against this defense. And you're nailing it right now. We talked about it on the previous pod. This is finally, we're getting an identity on offense. Matt Nagy in the postgame said, we really like where we're heading offensively, but we can't get stale. I think this is still a matchup where you can do everything that you were to just talked about. I don't think you need to air it out on this one. You know, the Jaguars in the last three games, they're allowing opponents to convert on 48% of their third downs. That's a number that I like a whole lot. In their last seven games, they've allowed six 100-yard receivers. They've allowed 11 touchdowns to tight ends. I think this Jaguars defense can be hit on many, many different levels. That doesn't necessarily mean eight-step drops, 25, 30-yard passes. I think if we continue to do exactly what we've been doing, bootleg action, get Cole Komet involved, I think we can still have a fantastic offensive performance and have it look very, very similar to the things that we've already been working on for the last three weeks. And I think it is a little bit tailor-made for the Jacksonville Jaguars. My second key to the game is a little bit leading back towards that 16.8 number. Jaguars give up some of the most points in the first half to their opponents against anyone else in the NFL. So for me personally, and this is going to work a little bit into the defense, my second key is buy a lead, protect the lead. I think we need to get up early in this game, even if it's 3 nothing. Even if a couple drives stall out and we kick two field goals and it's 6 nothing, create that lead, pad that lead, and then slowly build on it. I want to see what our team looks like when we have that advantage of that 6-10 to 10 point advantage. And as we've seen this season, Cameron, the defense, they sure seem to like it when we play with the lead. When we're down, for whatever reason, we struggle a little bit. Maybe we pressure a little bit. Maybe Chuck Pagano can't dial up that blitz because he doesn't trust the offense to maybe, you know, cover up a, a huge mistake if you, if you kind of dial up it at the wrong time. So build that lead, protect that lead, keep that lead. I want to see it from the first quarter through the fourth quarter. I think that's just going to be a really big key to us hanging on and coming up with a victory in week 16. Playing with a lead makes such a difference to the defense because it just kind of frees them up to, to just kind of be what they are. And you don't have to be so conservative in your play calling and you can just 
go out there and let these guys loose. And the Bears have not had the opportunity to do that throughout much of the season. You can see the difference, though, uh, what, like in, in over these last few weeks when they come out and they take the lead. It's just, it's just a different team. It's just, it's just a, a much different team. And I, I love what you're saying there. Go out and get the lead and then give this defense the opportunity to just Lot, you know, to just ball out, to just go out and be this elite group that you are, it'll make all the difference in the world if they're able to hop out to that lead and, and let the defense just say, we're going to go play loose, play free, and, and crush these dudes because we should. Cameron, what is your third key to a Bears victory in Week 16 against the Jaguars? Yeah, it seems trivial. It seems obvious. But, but I'm going to say don't overlook this opponent because, you know, when you're playing a team in the position like the Jacksonville Jaguars, you just – you literally – I can't stress that enough. You just don't know what you're going to get, you know, especially in a weird year like this where, you know, due to all these weird restrictions and, and COVID and all this stuff, you might have guys that are just done, you know. You're 1-13. This, this season has been, has been crappy, and they may just be over it. But there's also a bunch of guys who are thinking to themselves, you know, the whole world wants us to tank. The whole world thinks that we're all getting replaced. The whole, you know, there also is that mindset too. So I, I you might get a pissed off bunch of dudes that are pl- coming out playing the best game that, that you could see and expect. There's a bunch of underlooked or overlooked guys on this team. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if you saw them come out and give their best effort and, and really put up a fight. But I also wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if there was just, if it was just garbage, if it was hot garbage on the field and, and guys look like they didn't want to be there. So what I'm saying is, you cannot overlook an opponent like this because it's a complete and total wild card. You got to treat this like any other game. Come in and show out and, and be your best. And that's why I'm just telling the the Bears not to overthink this. You just have to come out, do what you do, do what you do well, and play well and win the game. That's a great point, Cameron. Don't overlook your opponent. Let's talk about one of those opponents right now. Fantasy freaks know him very well. For the Bears fans that maybe don't get a chance to watch a lot of Jaguars games. Talk to them about James Robinson this season, a guy that is near and dear to your heart, a dude that's having a fantastic season that's come out of nowhere. I mean, we need to take this guy seriously. He's a talented running back. My guy James used to do a lot of blocking for James at the university or at the Illinois State University. I've never had to put a the in front of it, so it just it came out weird. No, I was going <laughs> to say he owes it all. He owes all this success to you, Cameron. <laughs> that's not true at all. I owe all my, my little success to him. Uh, but anyway, no, James Robinson is a phenomenal runner. He's, he's just the guy, the type of guy that's just built to be an NFL running back, just solid, consistent. It's hard to get on the ground. The kind of guy that just keeps moving his legs, keeps finding a way to move forward, can catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, can be explosive. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily a burner, not the kind of guy that just is going to lose you and, and, and blow by you with a with super impressive speed, but just does everything really well. It's hard to phase. It's hard to, to get off the field. And he's someone that, you know, maybe isn't garnering a ton of national attention, you know, didn't make a Pro Bowl despite being one of the leading rushers, you know, uh, in the league. But, you know, he's definitely someone to be taken seriously. Um, and, you know, I, as someone who has personal experience with James Robinson, he's, he's a very serious runner and, and someone that the Bears defense is definitely going to need to key on this week. And we've talked in the past, the last couple of months, the Bears defense has had tackling issues at times. I'm looking at those third and short situations, them giving James Robinson the ball. And we're going to have to really, you know, get a hat on him and make sure we rewrap him up a little bit. Cameron, my third key of the game, I'm just calling it interception time. And here's what I'm going with. You know, our secondary, we don't know necessarily about Buster Screen right now. We're still a little bit on the, in the dark about Jalen Johnson. Maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. Regardless of that, though, I still think this is a really great opportunity for the Bears secondary and defense to have themselves a really nice game. I'm just going to start reading off some stuff for you. 
You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're bottom five in the league in completion percentage. You think our offense is bad? They're the fourth worst team in points per game at 19.6. You know, they're 21st in yards per attempt. They're averaging 1.6 turnovers per game. They're allowing 2.6 sacks per game. Both of those are in the bottom tier of the NFL. I'm just looking at this as a situation where we've been talking about the pass rush a lot. I totally get it. But at the same time, I'm looking at this as this is an offense, a Jacksonville Jaguars offense that is going to give you opportunities to make some big plays. And I think this is kind of set up perfectly for them. They don't really take a lot of deep shots. It seems like it seems like they play a lot of underneath game. You know, as of right now, between Luton, Glennon, and Minshew, it looks like it's going to be Minshew this week. And I just see some opportunities for some turnovers in this game. And I think a turnover in the first half that just flips the field, gives the Bears some easy points, can put this game away very early and very often. I think that's one of my huge keys to the game. It's been a while since we've had an interception or a fumble in the secondary. I mean, you see Eddie Jackson around the football all the time, but either, you know, the whistle's already been blown or there's a flag on the field. You know, I'm looking at him maybe to get involved in this game. And to pivot off of that, let me ask you a question. It looks like at this point right now, Gardner Minshew is going to be under center for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you think is perhaps poses the most dangerous option under center against the Bears, Luton, Glennon, or Minshew? Got to be Minshew. I think Minshew the, is the most explosive of the group. Uh, you know, he's the one that can do the most, and that's why he's, he's the number one guy, if you will. Uh, you know, he may not be the type of guy that, you know, that is – he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Pat Mahomes. But uh, he's, a, he's just a, a little bit of a gamer. And sometimes those gamers are the scariest because, again, just find a way to get things done. And, and his arm is he, – he can do it. He can sling it a little bit. So I, I'd say Minshew is the one that, that would give me the most pause if, uh, if I had to pick one to be afraid of. Yeah, he's the gunslinger of the bunch, right? I mean, he's the guy that if we're up by 10 or 13 and we're thinking, hey, I'm going to go make a sandwich, I'm going to stop watching this game, I would caution you Bears fans, maybe keep your eyes on the screen because that dude can still pop a couple of big plays. He's going to keep coming. He's going to keep chucking the rock. I mean, early on in the season, I think he was averaging somewhere between 35 and 38 pass attempts a game. So the guy doesn't mind throwing it. Yeah, throwing around a little bit. And I'm looking at that right there, and I'm saying, hey, this is a great chance for, you know what, man, we haven't heard from Kyle Fuller in a little while a player that I like a whole lot, but we haven't heard him necessarily in the box score for fumbles or interceptions. I'm looking at us getting at least two interceptions in this game, hopefully. Maybe take a little heat off the pass rush just for one week, and maybe we can get some turnovers in that area of the field because all the numbers offensively for the Jaguars are pointing in that direction. It would be exceptional if they were able to do that. Obviously, this group is you know really good at a lot of the guys in the secondary, you think about them and as being these big time players, but we're, you're right. We're not seeing a lot of forced turnovers. You know, they're just being there making big plays. It would be nice to see them take that next step and make some of those big plays in the turnover column this week. Cameron, it's time. Mitchell Trubisky's stat line for week 16. Give us pass yards, touchdowns, interceptions, and rushing yards. What do you think is going to happen for MT10? I think my guy Mitch is going to go out and have himself a week. Now, I granted, I have put a lot of emphasis on the rushing attack this week, but I still think Mitch is going to get his yards too. I want to say 250 yards passing. You heard me right. 250 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and I'm going to say for good measure, 32 yards rushing. Yeah, he's been he's he's had 57 rushing yards over his last two games, so that's a great spot to kind of hit. Throw out some numbers for you. You know, the Jaguars, they've allowed multiple touchdowns to their last eight quarterbacks that they have faced, 19 touchdowns in that span. They're averaging 279 passing yards allowed in that eight-game span. 
So even if you're like, hey, run the ball. You know, we got 199 rushing yards last week. This is where I'm saying, hey, keep ringing the score up, baby. Keep racking it up. You mean Trubisky, since he got back in the lineup, is averaging 244 passing yards a game. So I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to go in about like the 218 passing yards. But I'm going to go three touchdowns. I'm going to go zero interceptions. And I'm going to go 28 rushing yards. I just see a situation where Montgomery is, again, maybe over the 100-yard mark again, kicking the ball into the end zone. We might have a big lead. But you know what? If Mitch is sitting on those two touchdowns, I think in the red zone, I think we're going to roll it out, much like we did against the Washington team of last year. You know, we were up by them by so much. But this was a gas-me-up game. This was gas-Mitch up. He's already feeling great. I mean, pedal to the metal, baby. Let's go 0-60 to with him. I think we try and maybe get him an extra passing touchdown in there. Time to do our final score prediction. I'm seven and seven on the season. Happily, happily seven and seven. Get, don't get me wrong. Are we nine and five on the other end, Cameron? Are you nine and five? I think that got that correct. That sounds right. That sounds I think about, I'm nine and five. Yeah, yeah. So give us your final score. What do you think happens against the Bears and Jaguars in week 16? Give us a final score. I like that the I like the Bears to come out and take care of business in this one. I, I think that we're trending in the right direction, and this is a game where we're going to see them really put their stamp on it. I want to see the Bears at 31, the Jaguars 14. I love it. I'm right in the same boat with you. 34-10. Everyone thinks you could take a step back. We could struggle. And, hey, look, we've been, we've been singing the praises of this Bears team that has momentum. There is a reality out there where Nagy tries to push the envelope. Mitch throws an interception early. And this one can get ugly where he throws for, what, 170 yards, maybe one touchdown, two picks. That is a world that can definitely happen. I'm just seeing a team right now that is coming into its own with a lot of confidence. I'm seeing a Jacksonville Jaguars team that is going to put up a very good fight. But at the same time, the things that we're doing really well, I think can really kind of take the steam out of a Jaguars team. And hopefully by that midpoint in the second quarter, we kind of got their foot on the neck a little bit. And I hope that we keep pushing the envelope and keep trying to score some points. So, yeah, I'm going 34-10. I think the Bears get a big victory right now, and I think it all leads up to a big winner-go-home situation for the Chicago Bears in Week 17 against the Packers. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where we want to be, giving ourselves a chance betting on us Week 17. Give us a playoff pod just for once in our lives, Cameron. Give us our first-time playoff pod. We'll be rookies, but we'll be ready to play. We'll be excited to be there, but we'll be ready to play. Cameron, before we get out of here, we want to have a little holiday fun. We try to get through our keys so we can be able to hit it. I think you got to tell the good Bears fans, the people that are listening all season long, and thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful and safe, healthy, happy holiday. Give us your top five Christmas movies. What are you watching this week? What do you have to watch every single year? What's on the list, man? Give it to me. Top five. Okay, here we go. So you know I'm a product of the 1990s, correct? I am. The 20th century? So, <laughs> I was there briefly. Long time ago. So, here we go. Starting with number five, it's hokey. It's not great. It stars a certain bodybuilder. It is Jingle All the Way. <laughs> you like Jingle. First of all, I thought the name of the movie was Hokey. And I was like, man, I have not seen this movie, Hokey, before. Great Christmas <laughs> film. Jingle All the Way, huh? I mean, so it just kind of break us into it a little bit. Is it? The Simbad combo, it just gets you in the holiday spirit. When you saw it at first, it made you laugh. Like, what is it? What does it for you? Let's put it like this. I think I was three years old the first time I saw it. I was probably – it probably came out right around the time I was born, maybe a few years after. So when I see this movie, I'm seeing Schwarzenegger wearing the suit, flying around. We got action figures, superheroes, comedy, 
Christmas. Like there's a parade with floats and bad guys. I mean, like it's, that's like everything a four-year-old kid could want. So, I mean, is it a great movie now? Has it held up? No, absolutely not. But from a nostalgic perspective, it had Anakin Skywalker, for God's sake. I mean, like, if you're that kid, if you're that age, I mean, it was it was everything I wanted from a movie. So, which is, by the way, one. by the way, when you're you know home safely at the holidays with your family and you want to play the movie game, all you got to do when it gets to the Star Wars part, you got to just connect Hayden Christensen to Sinbad, and guess what? You're gonna win the movie game. Cameron, I feel like we'll go every we're gonna go every other one on this one. So I'm gonna throw one into the mix real quick. Uh, sure. in, my, in my top five list, I've got Die Hard Two, um, not Die Hard One, Die Hard Two. Because here's why: people are like, it's Die Hard movies, Christmas movies. Absolutely. So tell me a second: is this a Christmas movie, Cameron? A guy is stuck in a busy airport during a holiday, surrounded by people that make him miserable on his way to go see people that are already making him miserable in life. That kind of sounds, that sounds a little bit like Christmas. That sounds like Thanksgiving to me, but we'll let it slide. Dennis Franz too. <laughs> nothing better than in the morning, opening up presents around the fire with the family and that opening scene where the bad guy is completely butt naked doing karate in his hotel room, preparing to take down Bruce Willis for me. Happy holidays. <laughs> That's a Christmas movie for me. Well, let me ask you before we move on to the next one. How much naked karate do you do? Well, I mean, in my at my age now, in the 21st century, I mean, I have to cut it down to at least 30 minutes. Beforehand, I mean, it could take me. It could go all morning. Well, you know, pre-pod, you were talking about how you'll never have a six-pack. And yes. I'm thinking if you could just up your naked karate from 30 minutes to maybe 45 uh, to an hour, we might be able to get to that to that six-pack that you've been searching for. Cameron, I told you the only way I'm going to get a six-pack is if it makes me miserable in life. And I don't know. I probably will have to get on the juice or something. It's just not happening for me, man. It's okay. It doesn't happen just, for all of us. If naked karate would get you there, there are a lot worse alternatives. That's true. I mean, I mean, and we're talking sweaty, naked karate in the middle of a hotel. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Cameron. What's your next movie? What's on your list? Number four for me is a very funny movie. It's one that you've probably seen on many occasions, and it it, uh, it goes by the title of Elf. Love it. Starring Will Ferrell. Obviously, um, you know, just kind of a, a, you know, a last decade Christmas classic, if you will. Everyone's seen it. Everyone can, can laugh to it. You can quote it year round. It's, uh, you know, it's just part of the, part of the zeitgeist at this point we all know elf and we all know you know all the lines so obviously that one's just got to be on the list i like whispering too um also <laughs> on my list uh it's number two actually on my list it's pretty high up there so i, I actually i really really love elf and I, a very quotable as you mentioned definitely got to do it every year around christmas time any other time of the year probably not it's a solely a christmas holiday style movie to watch let me ask you cameron do you cry in the end Ooh, no, I, I will, uh, I'll get the bumps. I'll get the little goose bumps, Goosies, but it's yeah. really got, it's really got to be hitting the, pulling on the heartstrings to push me over the top. So I, I don't cry, but I do have a heart. I have feelings. I don't cry in most movies. I mean, there's a couple of movies that I will, if I'm like really, I have to be really dialed in. Like I literally have to watch every single second uninterrupted to get me to that place. But I tell you, Elf gets me. When the little blonde girl uh, who earlier in the movie asks him to put in a good word with the big man, and then later she finds out that her gift 
is actually being fulfilled and is singing the song, that destroys me, man. Human raised by humans. Yeah. Great line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elf, make, Elf makes me cry and blowing 10-point leads to the Lions in a fourth quarter. That also makes me cry as well. Cameron, what's your next Christmas movie? Number three for me, again, in the same vein as number five, it just hit me at the right time in my life, it is the Santa Claus. I believe I'm like, you know, I was like right around the same time as, uh, same age as like Charlie, you know, like just just seeing him just probably a few years older than me. Uh, you know, his dad was Santa and he like got to go to the North Pole. One of my favorite things about Christmas movies is everyone's different interpretation of how Santa would look, how Santa would dress, what the North Pole would look like, what elves would look like. And I think that like when I think of the North Pole, when I think of the whole Santa thing, it is based off of the Santa Claus that may have just been the movie in the time. But man, I uh, this one, again, it's just, it, it's so nostalgic for me. Every time I go to Denny's, man, I just, I want to get sad when I order a chocolate milk and they tell me they're out, you know, regular milk's fine. Like, that's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's a classic. Right? I can't, I can't get away from it. Yeah. That's an interesting call. Not on my list. I feel like it passed me by a little bit. I'm a little bit older than you, Cameron. I am 57 years old. Uh, <laughs> uh, next week on January 3rd, which you don't know yet, Cameron, my birthday is actually Bears Packers week 17. So it could go either way, buddy. It could be a sad day. It could be a glad day for Joey here. Uh, my next one on the list, which honestly might uh, might date me a little bit, is uh, Batman Returns. A thousand and ten percent a Christmas movie. Nothing gets me more in the mood. You watch that movie. That movie's cold. Like you can't watch that movie and not think, "Oh man, I got a little bit of a shiver." Uh, it's Christmas season. Max Shrek is trying to take over the city. You know, Catwoman, the Penguin, Batman. The end of the movie is, you know, goodwill toward men. Pause. And women. Oh, we're bringing it, giving it up for the ladies. Batman Returns. Every time. Watched it last week. This list is ridiculous. I, I had enough. I had a hard enough time letting Die Hard 2 go. <laughs> now, you're coming back with with batman returns okay you know what i'm i'm not here to uh litigate this whatever, whatever you say man whatever you say i'm telling you yana yana batman returns is a christmas movie i rest my case yana number two this is a chicago land classic is would be national lampoon's christmas vacation chevy okay. chase is he's perfect i mean yes. he's he's actually perfect no one else could pull off just the style of humor that he delivers. It's just so dry and on the nose and relatable. I, I mean, he's just, he's an unstoppable force when he gets going. You know, no one gets on a hater better than, uh, than Clark Griswold. <laughs> when the insults, insults start coming out, you know, he's just, the, I just relate so hard because he's just a man trying his, his damn best. You know, he, he's just trying. He's just trying so hard and nothing's going to work for him. But you just, I just respect the hustle. I respect the effort, and I just love it. Yeah, the pursuit to form long-lasting, perfect memories and to have them go drastically wrong is a perfect setup for comedy. I'm with you. My favorite part is when he loses it after he gets the coupon instead of his bonus. I'm not spoiling anything. Cameron, let me ask you. I mean, uh, you, are, you are a fresh daddy. Are we a couple of years away from going out into the woods and chopping down a tree and hauling it home? Or... Are we a plastic tree family or what are we cooking with here? Well, I'm still, a, I'm still a plastic tree family. It's uh, it has nothing to do with uh, my, you know, my uh, holidayness, you know, 
I guess the mystique of the holiday, it's really just more of my own laziness. I could find one. I could go chop one down. I could go to a lot. Uh, but no, I, I haven't gotten to that level of daddom yet. And I'm sure it'll come as my beard probably fills in a little bit more as my gut, you know, as my waist kind of expands a little bit. Uh, but I'm just not at that level yet. You know, I don't, uh, I don't change my own oil. And so I, I'm not ready to cut down a tree. That's ridiculous. Oh, man, I just can't wait. A couple of years from now, you're going to have the brightest, most Christmas lights out of anyone in the neighborhood. And it's going to be a beautiful sight to see. My next movie, Cameron, I'm not going to – I wanted to put – I watch it every year. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a family tradition just in my family. We watch Beauty and the Beast every year because there's winter and there's snow and all this other stuff. Side note, the next one I'm putting on my list, though, it's, it, this is a homer. It's a traditional one. I'm putting on Miracle on 34th Street. The whole reason why was as a kid growing up, that was my first exposure to the concept of Santa coming into the real world, everyone doubting him, and the process and the litigation, as you said earlier, of normal people vetting Santa and then finally believing that he's real. It's like the first movie that's ever really attacked that. And I was young enough where when the little kid pulls on his beard and he goes, oh, I must be real, it really solidified and cemented um, the realness factor of Santa, who, gosh, is so hard at work right now. I mean, props to him, right? Let's give a shout-out to Santa. Working on our toys right now. That's a great one. And, and you're, I, what I liked about it is that in that film, you know, respect is not given. It's earned. And Santa has to go out and earn that respect and prove that, you know, he's the real deal. You don't just plop a guy out there and all of a sudden we treat him like he's the man, you know. Kawhi had to win a couple of titles, you know. He, he, had, to, he had to win one in Toronto. But like out in LA, we don't we don't just anoint you the king. You know, you gotta you gotta go win one, son. Yeah, the skepticism surrounding surrounding Drew Brees back in the day or Peyton Manning. Exactly. <laughs> skepticism surrounding exactly. the Bears right now. They're trying to prove whether they're for real or not. Dare I tie yes. it back in? Santa wasn't always the goat, and neither was Tom Brady. Think about that. You know, Tom Brady was behind Drew Bledsoe. Who was there before Santa? There had to be. There was a Santa before Santa. I'm literally pitching the North Pole workshop right now. Toys are going, and Santa's in his office listening to Started from the Bottom. Now we're here just to remind himself where he came from and what he needs to do in a couple of days. Stay humble, Santa. <laughs> That's not a conversation I thought we'd ever have, but I'm glad that we had it. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Cameron, give us your final. What's your number one Christmas movie? I think this is not only my number one Christmas movie, but this is the number one Christmas movie. If you look up any online list, they all say it. So this is not a, you know, this is like me picking the Lakers to win the title or the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl or whatever it may be. But I don't care. When we talk about, there are a few movies that make me cry. This one makes me sob like a baby because it is a wonderful life. I have a wonderful life. And my gosh, George Bailey, I mean, he just, he just tried to do it all. He tried to do so much and try to be such a good person. And sometimes in life we get broken down, we get beaten down, but the movie is just a constant reminder that if you just believe in something and you do the right things over and over and over again, it'll work out for you. And, and this life is worth living. And it's just, it's the best, man. It's the actual best. It's a great film. It's a classic. It is by far my mother's favorite Christmas movie of all time. So shout out to my mom. Your mom and I have that in common. Yeah, she listens, she listens to all the pods, and, you know, she even has memorabilia that she brings out around the Christmas time, and she's got, like, an Afghan uh, blanket that she'll wrap herself in. And after Christmas Eve, 
Sometimes we'll do uh, some smaller gifts from aunts and uncles. And then we would put on uh, It's a Wonderful Life around 9 or 9.30, kind of wrap that up and then off to sleep. You know, that is the that is the digestive. That is the nightcap before the big day on Christmas. We would watch It's a Wonderful Life. My, my number one, it's Home Alone. I grew up not in the neighborhood of where that house was shot, but in the general area where I went to high school with friends that grew up in that area. So you could drive to it. It's not far away. The church is the exact same place too as well. And so that has everything for me. It's shot in Chicago. It's got snow. It's got a great musical score. It's got a kid who is left to his own devices on Christmas and gets to create booby traps with ornaments and feathers and eat mac and cheese by himself. Michael Jordan uh, growth chart, which I owned on a train trying to ward robbers off. I don't know exactly what the moral of the story of the movie is uh, exactly, but it's a great thrill ride. It's perfect. It's a movie that I watch Christmas morning after you open up all the presents and start making scrambled eggs and having breakfast. It's a Home Alone situation. Um, I love that movie. I love Home Alone too, but Home Alone by far is my favorite Christmas movie, bar none. It's an absolute classic. It's probably the movie that I've seen the most of any, maybe any movie at all. You know, it probably runs on the Blu-ray player or on the TV 10 times a Christmas season. I've probably, I've probably seen it. I don't want to be ridiculous. 61 times in my life. If I had to, if I had to put a number on it, Buzz it's, is I mean, girlfriend. Yeah. Woof. that's a lot. Woof. Yeah. Woof is, is perfect. It's, it's, it's an awesome film. It's probably, I probably, I probably have a little bit of Home Alone fatigue, but no, it's also, it's a wonderful film. And it was in yeah. my considered for my top five. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. And I was young <laughs> enough too at the time when it came out where like you literally have the fantasy of like, if I was left home alone, could I booby trap my own house? Which kids, uh, I don't think anyone out there listening is probably in the age range of five to 12. But if you are, thank you for listening, one. And two, it's one of the greatest fantasies ever. Booby trapping your house to protect it from, from bungling burglars. Oh, it's, it's a classic. It's wonderful. It's got a lot of Chicago isms in it. And obviously, we got the Midwest blood going. So, Cameron, we're going to get a chance to open up some presents under the tree. We're going to watch It's a Wonderful Life. We're going to watch a little Home Alone. And then a couple days after that, the Chicago Bears and Jacksonville Jaguars will lock horns in Jacksonville. Bears seven and a half favorites in week 16. If they can win, they go to eight to seven on the season. And we will know what our playoff situation is heading into that game. The Cardinals, they play on Saturday. They play the 49ers. So we'll know whether they won or lost already. A lot to look forward to, Cameron. We'll be back with a post-game pod. Happy holidays, everyone. Cameron, take us home on a great holiday pod. You guys have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you tune in to our post-game show Sunday uh, after the game to see, you know, what Cameron and Joey have to say about a, a hopefully a, a Bears victory. Make sure that you spend these next few days with your family and just really enjoy these days because that's what it's all about. And while you're doing that, remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.